I've made up my mind. Don't need to think it over. If I'm wrong, I am right. Don't need to look no further. This ain't last. I know. Welcome to Point Your Toes, the original NYC dance teacher. I'm your co-host, Danielle Calangelo. And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We will be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of the students and companies we have worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name, and if we do, they will be changed. And today we have a special guest with us, Ashley Hart Adams. Hello, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Sorry we had a recording snuffle, so we're all like, meh. <laughs> but, so Ashley, tell the people where they can find you on the social media. You can find me on Instagram at Ash Frickin' Adams. That's A-S-H, Ash Frickin' F-R-I-C-K-N, Adams, A-D-A-M-S. Nice. And so we thought it would be great to bring Ashley on for this episode where we talk about uh, either changing a path or, or just when things shift. Yeah. You know, and so it can be shifting into the arts or away from the arts in several different variations from that. Um, so I want to start with the idea of choosing something else because we all know people that have like start like woke up and have quit their office job to like go backpacking around the world. But I've also known people that have worked office jobs and then like went to audition for Broadway the next day. You know, or have like done movie auditions and film auditions and just how the passion was always there, but they were scared for whatever reason. Um, and then you also have people that have had successful careers and then walk away from it. Mm-hmm. So like I mentioned on a previous episode, uh, the young lady that was playing the youngest share in the share show, she was going to go to college and then book share on Broadway. And then she was like, yeah, I'm not going to go to college for music theater after doing share on Broadway for, you know, two years of my life. She's like, I'll probably go to college for my studies. And, you know, like, great for her, but it's also like, she may be done. She reached her Broadway dreams at 18. Yeah, I I grew up with a girl who had a lot of success when we were growing up. She did two Broadway shows off-Broadway. She did a soap opera when we were teenagers. Um, You know, she did national tours. And she worked... um, Probably until about 22, 23. We were still pretty young. And then all of a sudden, she just kind of, like, exited off of social media and stuff for a while. And came to find out, you know, she ended up getting married. And she works in a sales job now. And from what I've heard, she loves it. And, you know, and I, I see, I hear that she, you know, sometimes, like, she lives in Jersey. So sometimes she'll, like, go in certain like programs musical theater programs and like coach kids and do stuff with them that way still and like but she is totally fine being a salesperson now i think yeah that's such a shift so i have to ask again but like uh when have you ever had that moment where you just kind of want to walk away from the industry or you know and just choose a different career path um for me like say i had a big job upset at the beginning of the summer where I thought about literally packing up and even leaving New York City. Um, It lasted for a weekend, and Monday morning I woke up and I was like, nope, not for me, not moving back to the South, don't want to be a full-time teacher, because, like, something I don't don't generally share with a lot of people, but, like, like, upon, like, graduating college, 
I had two offers to be full-time social studies teachers in my home county because they just recently, like, recently hired my sister. Like, one of my uh, teacher that me and my sister both had had become a principal, and so they just hired my sister for the English department. And so they're like, oh, we're looking for a social studies teacher. And my sister's like, my brother's about to graduate. And they were like, the job is his if he wants it. So, like, I could have easily, like, had a totally different life mm -hmm. if I wanted it, but I didn't... I didn't want it, and I still don't want it now. Like, I don't mind teaching the arts, and I generally find a love in that, but, like, I could not, I just was not, I didn't want to walk away from that. Mm -hmm. Well, and I just, I, I think, too, that um, it doesn't have to be as extreme as entering, as leaving, you know, we'll say for the sake of words, corporate America and going into the arts or mm -hmm. leaving the arts for corporate America or something else, it can even just be a shift within the industry or your, your work yourself, you know? I oh, used yeah. to I used to freelance and then I decided that's not what I wanted. And I wanted to teach full time and then I recently changed jobs, teaching jobs, and it, it had to do with more than this. Mm. But it just got to a point where I was Reading, going to work on Monday, yeah. counted down the hours till Friday, like try to do like counted down till to uh, to the to the summer, and it's just like I wasn't I wasn't happy, and I teach dance and I create, so like that's really sad that I was so upset about going to work when I get to create all day. Yeah, that makes me think of a young lady, not a young lady. Tara could be older than. Who knows? Black girl crack. Mm -hmm. um, she, I did not work on a show with her, but a friend of a friend worked on a show with her where she was actually preaching, and she was a lot heavier. And she was like, I was, she was like, I was just so unhappy until one day a friend was like, come audition for the show, and it happened to be at a regional theater. It was a dinner theater, but it was a regional equity mm -hmm. theater, and they loved her and she booked it. And so she literally like stopped preaching, and now is an empty performer. She's working on hairspray. Mm -hmm somewhere right now for the summer I don't know um, she's made she's motor mouth mm -hmm. in hairspray but she was just like um, she's like I was so unhappy and I couldn't she's like but at the time you could I didn't understand like you can tell me I wasn't happy she's like I was ministering and I was preaching but she was like but when I go back and look at the photos then and now she's like now I'm like my weight is under control you know like my health is no you know my blood pressure is under control like all this stuff she's like I know now that I was so unhealthy because I wasn't happy in oh, yeah. the work that I was doing Oh, yeah. And I think it's... That, that's a whole thing in itself. Oh, yeah. The way that stress and depression manifests. Ooh, that could be a and whole other podcast episode. And you can't discount, how your personality is suited for lots of different jobs. Because for yes. in any given field that I would say that's outside of the arts, it's totally acceptable, acceptable to say, oh, I was in this one field that's similar to this that suited my personality, but now I'm in this other field. But yeah. if you leave the arts to go to a field that's non-art related, it's it's viewed as giving up, quitting, yeah, not wanting to do it anymore. When I mean, it totally makes sense to me that someone who is a preacher would have a lot of skills that would be suited for them oh, to yeah. be a performer. Yeah, one of she's the fabulous. One of the pa pastors at my church was a former musical theater performer, and he gives wonderful sermons, and they're always full of life. Right, and so it makes sense to it me makes that that would happen. Sense. Yeah, but you just I I do think you're at a point of just like. In other fields, it's totally normal, but with the arts, it's that sense of, like, giving up. And I know that a lot of my friends, like, all of us, we're reaching, like, our late 20s, early 30s. And so we're a lot of us are having fights or have had fights with, like, 
our younger selves, like myself included, like 18 year old me, literally, I, I didn't even think I would be living in New York. I've been in New York almost six years at this point. I didn't think I was going to move to New York until I turned 30, which means this would have been the year I moved to New York. And I'm like, I've been here living, had my struggle moments like everyone, but like living in the city for a while now, you know, I'm what is it? Seven or 10 years. You're like a real New York. Like I'm always at that status. When, if you asked younger me, I would have been in Chicago doing theater there, you know, maybe still living in Atlanta back home with my parents. So like, I never thought I would be where I am now. And like, or even like there are moments where I audition for concert dance things and not necessarily empty things. Mm-hmm. Younger me would have been like, what are you doing? You're giving up on your dreams. But I'm like, I, I think the part of walking away or not walking away, I think it comes to the fact that dreams evolve and dreams have to learn how to live in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and New York City is still one of the most expensive cities to live in in the world. And so you get here and the threat of not being able to pay your bills, I think is what causes a lot of people to leave the industry or to fade away from it or, or or get here and realize that their personalities aren't suited for it. Like I went to school with a couple girls that were very much like, um, they liked quiet when they come home. And I'm like, New York, no matter where you live in New York, it's loud. And so I literally was, it was that thing. They both had such aspirations of moving to New York, but I was like, guys, have you ever been to New York? Like it's, they're not joking when they say it's a city that never sleeps. Like it is never completely quiet in New York city. Ever, ever, ever. And they were like, yeah, no, we'll be fine. Neither one of them, one visited, absolutely hated it. The other one learned from the other one and just has never bothered with it. You know, and they end up finding other career. I think one of them is still in the arts, just not here in New York. But I think it's, I think there's something to be said for like knowing your personality and knowing how you may not be suited for this or there may be other things closely aligned that suit you better. And we, we talked about this before, but just like, you're ever evolving. So what, you know, 18-year-old yes. you thought you were going to do might not be what you're doing, but that does not mean that you failed. It means that the path you chose is exactly where you're supposed to be right now. Things happen because you need them at that time. Oh, like, yeah. I fully believe that. And, like, that's how it happens. Yeah. And, like, sometimes they're little things. Like, sometimes, like, they're little stepping stones oh, or yeah. it's a shift in your career. But that's because you as a human being, like, that's what you need right now. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it would be like for dance, because I, I can definitely say that as a, I mean, I know there's actors in the room, too, I'm not sure. Yeah. But, but I know that someone that primarily focuses on acting, there's just so many different shifts of, like, life. I mean, I think I had a full-on breakdown, almost breakdown when I got my headshots done last week, because I finally looked at the pictures and went, oh, wow, I, I've aged. Like, it, oh, wasn't wow. clear, yeah. it wasn't clear to me yeah. that four years had gone by since I got headshots until I saw the picture and realized that time had passed. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, I was in my professional outfit, and I thought, I could play a lawyer now. You know, mm-hmm. things yeah. all of a sudden are different. I'm more marketable in a different way, which yes. means that life is a little bit different. I'm not sure how the dance world oh, works it's in the exa- it's the same thing. It's yeah, the same it's, thing. It's the same thing, and I think... You know, she, you go from being like... Uh, what do they call her in the Nutcracker? Like Clara, the, the young princess in the Nutcracker, to having to play the mother, you know, or shifting parts. It all shifts. Or like even with your body. Like I was working on a project uh, the other week where one of the dancers, he come from the concert dance world, and he was with a really big dance company touring in, I think they were in all over the world, but in this case they were in Brazil. And what they do is at the top of each day they announce who has the solos for that night. Mm-hmm. It got announced he had like six solos. 
And he was like, at first, he's like, when the day started, like, I was super happy. He's like, but then I got through act one. And like act two, was, he's like, they, they were like 10 minutes to act two. And he was like, I physically could not go on. I was so tired. I was so exhausted. My body, he's like, my, he's like, I have like a packed audience. And my body could not handle yeah. the lead in these dances because I'm just, I was so burnt out. And he was like, it was so, he's like, I've never been so angry and upset with myself for not. And he was like, but I'm eating right. I'm healthy. He's like, it wasn't that I was not healthy. He was like, I was just physically at my limit. And so he's like, and now I'm starting to go to more music theater. Yeah. And yeah. I think you know? it's just like, yeah, you're, you, yeah, dance is kind of like that. Or I was, um, I work right now with this um, guy who teaches capoeira, but he Ooh. used to dance for, uh, for a professional company and traveled all over the world. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, same thing. Like he got to the point where it was, it was too much performing every single night, traveling all over the world. It was too strenuous on his body mm-hmm. that he had to realize, like, but that's okay. Now I get to choreograph and I get to teach and I get to go in and do, de- you know, guest performances and stuff like that. So it just, like, your role just shifts a little bit. But that's a, a good thing because we all oh, yeah. need to grow and there's, like, other stuff to I got tired of living out of my suitcase. Yeah. What's so funny because, like, I, I was – for I probably had about two, three years where I would book things in New York and then I'd finish a contract and then I would hop on a plane and go back to my parents' house. But, like, you could, technically speaking, my mail was sent to my parents' house, but out of a 12-month calendar year, I would maybe spend a month, but it wouldn't even be consecutive. It'd be a week here, two weeks here, a day here, before I'd be flying back to New York or Florida or other places to work. And literally, I just reached a point where I was, I was, I spent probably about, three thousand dollars on flights while me and the company's paying for it on flights to and from new york where finally i was like i think i just need to move to new york because i was definitely getting a lot of those like calls of being like can you come in this weekend or can you come in tomorrow i was like no i had to book a flight and i would miss out on jobs or be like scurrying to like find somewhere to stay up here because it was like a quick turnaround after i'd just given up a sublet you know so it just i think those shifts happen um but on the reverse of it, like, I've also had friends that, like, leave the industry and are totally happy. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Matt, literally, and he's, what is, what does Matt do? He works with, like, walkie-talkie distribution, which sounds so random. He's like, oh, I love my job. It's super easy. He's like, I like my nine-to-five. I know when I have to go to work. I know when I get off work. And he's, uh, we used to be a freelance stage manager, you know, so he was like, and he would work in... Colorado, Chicago, Tennessee, New York. Like, he was working all over the United States. But he was just like, this job opportunity came around. He was like, that's it. That's what I want. I'm going to take it. Works with his best friend. He recently bought a house. You know, like, life is good. And he's just like, and I, I asked him, this probably about a month now. I was like, um, would you ever go back? And he goes, no, I'm not. I'm not that person anymore. I don't, I couldn't see myself doing it. I think we just also have to appreciate where everyone has chosen to be at in their life and like that's okay because I feel like a lot of times too where as much as I think that this community is super supportive which I still do there is a side of the community that is very you know mean mean and backstabby and judgy you know like oh so oh Danielle like you stopped choreographing and you teach in a school it's like well for me that's what I needed I realized that my dream has evolved. I went from wanting to perform on Broadway to wanting to choreograph on Broadway to 
I still choreograph. I still, you know, go out and choreograph shows. But you realizing to going into teaching and realizing like, wow, I actually think what I want to do is run a department, is run a performing yeah. arts department at a school. I actually think that's what I want to do. And I've got a lot of people being like, really? Like, like you're going to do that? And then there's also the people who leave and we judge them for leaving. And I think it's like, you have to remember that like everyone is at a different point. Oh yeah. And like, we need to support each other for choosing what's best for us in that, in that moment, you know? And even in terms of being in the industry, choosing to, um, like my brother right now, he lives in Denver and he's, he's always been an actor. He took some time away. He's getting back into it. He could just move to New York, but he would have to work all the time to pay his bills and not have time to go on auditions probably for a little while. So what he's, which is good for some people, but for him it's not. So what he's choosing to do is audition in Colorado, work, but build up some credits there, and then choose to Colorado has good theater. They do. They do have good theater, but it's those steps to like, everyone, (laughs) yeah, like he's been really fortunate out there, but like, Everyone's on a different path. Some people are like, I'm going to come to New York and I'm going to work nonstop and then I'll have time to audition and make a ton of money. Or there's people who are like, I can't like do the big city, and quote unquote, right and now. And you know, too, I have someone, a friend of mine who, he came to New York City and like many of my friends, and these are the stories we don't hear too much about, he kind of came here and like everything just like failed. Mm-hmm. Work failed. Yeah. Roommates failed. And it just felt as if the universe was telling him, you shouldn't be here. And even a friend said, I don't think you should be here right now. Mm-hmm. Went back to Baltimore, booked some big role at the regional theater in Baltimore, right. and then has been flying all over the country playing in a bunch of regional houses that he probably wouldn't have even gotten seen for in New York City. Right. So it's just kind of like all those things are so... Like the world <laughs> works in like mysterious ways. Like you got you to oh, take yeah. those hints, and they're hard, yeah. and they hurt and we're on different paths and we're also some of us are at different starting points because we don't like to talk about it but like money honey Mm -hmm. I'm sorry but this is not like any other industry you need to be able to pay a baseline of things to you have two jobs yeah you do and they're both full time jobs yes Yes. and And so if you can't or, or just, like, the idea of, like, the starving artist. It always Gosh. cracks me up when dancer, dancers are good. They're like, it doesn't matter if you're... I'm like, I, I'm, I, I don't like eating before auditions because I don't like feeling heavy. That's my home thing. Me and my therapist will work through it. But you cannot go to a six-hour dance call. Like, I had an audition yesterday or whatever this year that was only, like, two hours, and I was, like, starving after it. You can... And, like, I had that means to eat beforehand you cannot be that starving artist living off a slice of pizza and ramen noodles and then go dance for six hours and think you're going to be functioning at the same level like that's just not or even to go to acting calls to wake up super early like or to be on set all day yeah that's not the idea of a starving artist i think is it's delusional yeah i learned i learned that hard because i just i mean just to preface that i am not a dancer i would say a very a mover (laughs) an intermediate mover I went to a call for a Shakespeare festival that happened to be doing a musical and somehow ended up in the last round of their 
dance call because it was a musical that wasn't too dancey and had been there from 9 o'clock in the morning yep. to yep. 6 o'clock at night oh, yeah. with not one snack. Yeah. And mm. then wondered why my song sounded like shit at the end when they asked Or literally, I've gotten to be like, why is my uh-huh. hand shaking? Oh, yeah. Oh, your I blood sugar's low because you've not consumed yeah. enough things to, oh, to yeah. leap in the air yeah. and all this kind of crazy stuff. Or it's like, why are my muscles tightening? You, you know, they, you You're poured out all this up. sodium yeah. out of your body. You need to put stuff back in your body. But at that, and at that same point, like you were saying, like we're all, people, this industry is all about starting at different starting points. I remember being younger and reading an article that an actress did, and I won't say who it is because she's pretty well known. She comes from a big family, and she um, is still acting now. And I remember she did an article. She booked something, and maybe she was in her early 20s at this point. And she was like, yeah, you know, like, I'm just really lucky that my parents, like, they worked really hard to, like, bring me to auditions. And, and they would, you know, I, you know, I worked really hard. And, I'm, and I, we would, basically her whole article, she kept saying, like, my family has worked really hard. And I'm so grateful that, that my family worked so hard to, to get me to, to my auditions. But homegirl did not have to work for anything. Okay. You get some, you Her, get some no, like no, not even like not even like oh she came from money like her name alone everyone in the country knows that last name mm-hmm. and you don't have to be in the arts to know that last name so you already were born into a family with connections into yeah. a family with names yeah. so you get the autonomy and the ability to take a ton of classes and just go to the auditions not everyone gets to do that and so to compare those two is not fair. You're just oh, no. going to get the first. I, yeah. I, we had an acquaintance, my friend lives with him, whose parents did not just like pay the rent on this apartment, had purchased the apartment in New York City. Ooh, yeah, and was letting, I know somebody like that. And was letting him just move his roommates in and to charge rent. And he said to all of us that we were not really passionate about our art because we weren't willing to work for free. Ooh. And we were like, except that we can't eat if we do that. Nobody should ever be working for free. Ever. That's I, even not if, okay. Even if it's possible. It's not okay. No. It's that's, that's just not disrespectful. Even, no. Thank you. That's my feeling. Because he would go on these, these uh-huh. little gigs and make, like, no money. But be like, like, I'm acting. I'm working. It was experience. But then... Because you don't have to worry about paying rent Come on, month. man. Yeah. Speak it, please. I have two friends like that. One of them is here in the city. The other is in London. One is an opera singer, one is in makeup. And the one that's in London, that's a makeup artist, her dad bought the entire building. Like, just, he owned the entire building, and it's all in her name. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the the people's rent pays, like, the taxes and everything else just is her spending money. So, she literally could take, and granted, she is extremely talented, and she is a hard worker, but, like, someone, she's one, she's one of the first people to go, don't compare me to anyone else. I never had to hustle. She's like, let's be very clear. I moved out of one penthouse apartment into my own penthouse apartment. I never, like, I'm never going to be concerned that if I don't make money off of makeup, that I'm not going to eat. Just building so don't, making money as I li- li- Literally. So she's like, so never, never compare. It's not, it's not fair. The other one that's living in, in New York that is an opera singer, her and I had a falling out just because she was like, you're not going to enough auditions. And I was like, yeah, because, like, I need to eat. So all the auditions lined up right when there was work that I really couldn't get out of. Yeah. You're just not passionate enough. I was like, okay, we're not doing this. Yeah, like, we're not yeah. doing this. And I think that we, like, as a society, need to be aware of that. And I also 
just think that it's so not okay when people are like, oh, well, like, you know, you don't care about, back to the art thing. I just had to interject that because I just think as a society, we feel the need to, to like, be like, well, you're not working hard enough. And it's like, but you didn't work, you didn't really work to get to where you were. So that's not a fair statement to tell me I'm not working hard enough. Or the, the thing that just like, sometimes other things are just priorities. You know, like, and that, and I think that's why, because there, like I said, there have been moments where I, and, and in particular, have lost a lot of family members in a short amount of time, where it's like, creatively, I don't have anything to give during those moments of my life. And so, like, to add, so, for someone to see me in those months of my life, I probably did look very passionate, you know, but that's because, like, I'm dealing with the fact of I need to pay my rent, I need to fly home for a funeral, you know, there I need to, you know, is my family okay? Like there's a lot I think I think the problem with not understanding why people walk away or take breaks from the industry or like leave it behind completely or like dive into the industry is sometimes just because of the life that we're leading. Yeah. And I actually have a question for the both of you, being that I'm the only guy in the on the podcast today. Um, I've seen both sides of the argument. How do you feel children affect your craft or you know the idea of like I have one friend that when she got pregnant with her son her mother-in-law was like oh you're done performing and she's a dancer music MT actress you know like does it all she does a lot of film and television too but like her mother-in-law was like oh you're done and she herself was like oh absolutely not and like I said last time I saw her she booked something in Canada was traveling all over the place but then I've also had other women who after they have their kids they're like they're done you know, and then you got superstars like Audrey McDonald where she's like, I'm making my kids stay home from school today because I haven't seen them in three weeks and yeah. I want to see my child. How uh, do you feel children play a part in I guess it's society against, and yourself, I would say? I guess it's, again, something that's a part of your personality. Mm-hmm. I do have a friend who, she and her husband are both actors mm-hmm. and they have a young son and she got pregnant and she just said to her agent, I'll see you in nine months. And her agent said, see you never. And she just said that she had to tell herself, that's not true Mm -hmm. and she's worked consistently like she went straight back to working as an actor afterwards but I mean it's hard I mean when we were working together she would say before every single show I love you whatever her son's name was and she was really missing him a lot because she didn't get to see him and she had just booked a gig that was outside of like where they lived and so she's gonna have to leave him with her husband for a long period of time it wasn't it was not easy for her to do Mm -hmm. at all yeah um I think that, you know, obviously, I don't have kids, so I don't know what I, I don't know, A, where I'll be in my career when, mm-hmm. when the time comes, and B, what I will choose to be at. But I think it, you know, depends on the situation, and I think it, like you were saying, I think it depends on the person, right? So, like, some people, they are, they have, you know, they have kids, and they're like, I don't want to go back into it. I want to change jobs, or I want to stay at home, or whatever it may be. And some people do, and I, um... I know this one woman, um, I've known her for years, and she, when she had her first, when she had her daughter, her first kid, she still did, she took a lot of time off, she probably took about a year to a year and a half off, and then she got right back into it, you know, and she had a successful career pre, mm-hmm. pre-children, and she did do some jobs where she would have to go overseas she did a couple shows in London would have to leave her her kid with her husband and then she had a son a couple years later and I remember being on the phone with my mom one day and being like you know I never like what 
do we ever know whatever happened, you know, to Elena? And she, you know, her and her husband, they bought a house in New Jersey. They're raising their two kids. You know, she um, has a, um, like, a theater school, like a theater education program out there that she started with someone. But then my mom called me a few weeks ago and goes, oh, like, I don't know if you're interested in seeing this show at New York Music Festival, Elena, you know, Elena's the lead in it. So I think that if it is something where you cannot live without it, without your job, whether that be performing, directing, choreographing, anything in the arts, and even outside of the arts, I think if you are the type of person who you cannot live without your work, you're going to continue to work. And then there are some people who don't need that anymore. Which um, we don't like to talk about. Because it right. seems as if you're yeah. just in this, it's hard for people to leave because we work so hard to like achieve a certain level of quote-unquote success and then in the you industry. And so there's actually some people who like don't really like it that much. I have yeah. a friend, y'all, every time I turn on Netflix, this boy is on something. But every mm-hmm. time I talk to him, he says, I want to leave fucking New York. I hate this place. I don't yeah. want to do this anymore. Yes. I'm like, how is this guy still booking? And he hates it here. But you know. Yeah. Because it's just I, like any other job. It's a job. It is. I was just going to say like that, and I think that's the thing we, we forget. And why we also shame, especially women, when they have kids for leaving the industry is because we forget it's a job. So if you treat it as a job, you tell your kid, mommy and daddy have these jobs. It might not look like, you know, John Johnny's parents' jobs, but it's our job. Mm-hmm. We go, we have to be at work on time. We get paid for being at our work, X, Y, and Z. I think that is is then a way to really create, again, I don't know, but a family dynamic where it's not so, you know, almost oh, yeah. ab- abnormal as to what, you know, your kid is. And I think... But we shame women for, like, and now it's funny because, you know, like, there's a whole time where, like, staying at home was what you did. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, oh, no, you work. Like, you go to work. Yeah. Now, I personally feel like I will be the, I will be the type who will want to go back to work. That is me personally. But we shame women who want to stay home. Yeah. And that is not okay because, again, it's just time for a change. You're not at that point of your like, life anymore. The industry is still hard. Like, yeah. So I can't imagine like going through a full day, day of dance or a full day on set and then still having to run home and be mommy. Being daddy, let alone, but let alone being mommy because children typically lean to towards mom as the primary right, caregiver. Right. So, like, I can't imagine that. Like, and it's always so funny that, um, uh, Heather Hadley, uh, big Broadway star, she's, I think lives in uh, Chicago, Wisconsin, somewhere in the Midwest now. But a lot of her concert work, like, even last time she was on Broadway in Color Purple, was during the summer. So it was like, for the summer, we lived in New York. Mm-hmm. But, like, she's like, during the year, like, I'm, she's like, I do a lot of my concert gigs on the weekend. So she's like, so like every Friday, a black car pulls up and like I'm whisked away and then it comes back, you know, like late Sunday night, early, early Monday morning. She's like, but it's like to my kids, she's like, I'm not anybody famous to my kids because we just live in a normal neighborhood. You know, she's like, it's a nicer neighborhood. Like we live in a normal neighborhood. But she's like, my kids think, you know, don't know anything differently other than like mommy's, you know, mommy's working on the weekend. Yeah, mommy, mommy. You know, she was like, uh, she, she was like, her neighbor thought she was doing something nefarious just because like it's always a black car pulling up every weekend and she's like yeah and I'm she's dressed to the yeah. nice because like she's going to a concert that she's i'm sure I, if i was her across street number two i'd be like out with my binoculars like right so, well, like, what's this about what's this yeah. happening so here? but i definitely you know like i definitely think it's something to be said of just how 
just life. I think I think we're right. It's just like jobs, like the industry, good, bad, and different. It's a job, so it's still gonna take its toll on people. You know, just because like um, I've recently worked with a lady that like her, it she's extremely talented and gifted, and I think she could be a much higher in the film and television world, like behind the scenes. Like I could easily see her being an, an executive director and just having the means to, to do it. But her daughter's young right now. Mm-hmm. And so the conversation, she's like, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. And as far as, like, moving up, maybe we'll reevaluate it when my daughter doesn't need someone to be home to cook for her. You yeah. know? Yeah. And another another friend of mine who's a dancer, a fabulous dancer, who's uh, from Africa and, like, le- left her home country to tour for the national company of uh, Ivory Coast. And, like, just has kept touring all over the world. And we went, slowed down, literally finished the show, and then immediately went to the hospital to have her first child. And then, like, was teaching and performing with her second child. And they had to, like, take her to the hospital. They had to put her on bed rest for, like, two weeks, and then she had her second child. And so she slowed down. She slowed down for a few years. And now her oldest is just hit middle school. And she already is, like, taking one or two gigs, like, performing again. She's like, I don't know if I'll go back to touring, but she's like, as they get older and, like, I can, like, reprimand them on the phone or, like, send them to an auntie for a weekend, it's coming back, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, like, we were we were talking about before. I just think that you cannot be upset or angry or down on 18-year-old you, 25-year-old mm-hmm. you, 30-year-old you, because your dreams are going to shift as you shift as a human. Oh, yeah. I um, used to years ago I was babysitting for this family and the woman I babysat for really really smart went to Southern Methodist undergrad Duke Law was a lawyer so smart had kids said she was going to stay at home for a while and she would do stuff where she kind of got into some other stuff where she would um, you know she would help with family business stuff right so she would like run something run she ran some stuff within the family business so you know I ended up babysitting for them so that she could go off during the day and like run her errands and like do all that stuff but also like go get coffee go to the gym and like do all that but even that she would her and I would have conversations where she's like oh yeah she's like people would shame me she's like even some she's like even some of the mothers at my kids at my kids school when they find out like I used to be a lawyer, and I went to Duke Law, and now she's like, I just, like, kind of part-time do some family business stuff. She's like, I still get shamed for that because I chose to not go back. But I think, again, it's you evolve as a person, and it's also everyone's different. Everyone is different. As you evolve, you're going to be different. Some people, like you were just saying, the woman you know, she's like, i got to perform no matter what it is, no matter how many kids I have. Some people take years off. Some people, you know, some people change careers. I know some that literally have popped out kids and have kept on dancing. Like, yeah. The next day. And it oh. just, like, depends on who. It's the same thing as shifting into a new role before kids. Mm-hmm. People just change. Well, I think I said it maybe in the first take that didn't get, that didn't go through. But, I mean, it's kind of like what we said. The job is, like, life. Yeah. Yes. And the survival job is that thing that you're passionate about, this art, this this thing that you go back to, even sometimes every once in a while if you're someone that's decided to stay at home. Um, and, it, yeah, it's navigating that part of it. And I think we'd all be better off if we 
prioritize more so the the life part of it. And because yeah. I think when you said that, there was this um, oh god, what is his name? He was the actor, the actor that played Seymour in Little Shop the uh, the movie. And oh yeah, it was when his his wife yeah. his wife passed away. I think from cancer. Yeah, and he had two small kids, and like Rick and he, Rick, Rick Moranis, uh, I think. Uh, Rick Moran Moranis Moranis, right? He did but like Trump the kids. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Oh, okay. Little Shop, Spaceballs. Yeah, he was huge. Like he was a huge star in the eighties, and then his wife passed away, and he had two little kids at home, mm-hmm. and he walked away from everything. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're talking, like, kids that are still in diapers when she passed away. Yeah. So, like, he was, like, it is, I he am it. I am all like, at have. the height of his Oh, yeah. Like, he making millions of dollars, you know, on movies, like, but he literally is, like, he had to walk away. He's, like, they no longer had mom, so I had to be both mom and dad. That was his sole that focus. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, and I also think of the rapper Eve. She was making yeah. great money, living her best life, and then she married a billionaire. So, she no longer... Every now and then she'll pop out, but like she's like to do a few producing things, but like she herself, she no longer has to perform to make money, and so she's quite content. Like you literally do not hear about this. And that's the thing, like all the hustle. It everyone needs a break from the hustle. If you run as long as Eve did, Mm -hmm. and then an opportunity pops up to maybe not do something, and she seems happy with the dude too. So yeah, let her take a break. It was it was a win, and now she's kind of. She's starting to come back. I think she's making a little bit of music. She's on some talk show. I think the talk oh, or nice. something like that. Cute. You know what I mean? Like when you work that hard, you deserve the break. Yeah, because it is very daunting. So that being said, that brings us a close to our main topic, which brings us to our next section, which is I'm sorry, wet or I love dance. But this section is all about like the crazy, ridiculous moments that happen to us in our day to day life. And I know that Danielle has started back at school, and Ashley just came off a contract. Um, and I've been working some ridiculous gigs myself lately. So is there any moment that kind of just stands out to you? It's just, like, completely ridiculous to you? Mm-hmm. I definitely have one. Oh, go ahead. It was from the contract that I just did. It was very funny. So I was telling Tony earlier that it ended up kind of being this magical thing because there's kind of been a tradition at Shakespeare festivals that they're, they're cast pretty much predominantly white. There might be sprinkled in there one or two people of color, but for the most part, I'm typically the only one that's there. Mm-hmm. And I showed up on this gig, and there was five African-American women there, including oh, myself. Nice. And it was just like, whoa. But then, to go a bit further, it wasn't just that there was five of us there. It was that, like, a lot of us were playing leading roles, were on the poster, yeah. were doing the interviews. Right. We weren't really sprinkled somewhere, somewhere and then, like, left to flounder. Everyone's craft was very, very good. That being said, we were in tech week of one of our shows, like which means that we've been rehearsing for a long time. Like we didn't just get there and just introduce ourselves. And well, I'll preface it with this: the first week that I got there, I walked in to fill out some paperwork, and someone looked at me and said, "You must be Jess." And I said, "No, I'm at, I'm Ashley." And they said, "Oh, okay, sorry, sorry." And I was like, "Oh, they're they're just getting me mixed up with a, with another actor." Didn't really think much of it. Then we had a rehearsal um, in our first week. And they were like, all right, all these people can go home except for so-and-so, 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 and Ashley. And they sent Jess home. And then they were like, oh, wait, no, Ashley should have gone home. We should have kept Jess. And I was like, still like not really thinking that hard about it. Um, but Jess kind of kept making jokes. And then tech week of this show came. 
which means we've been here for months. And I had left my script at rehearsal, and the stage manager, who's been with us for months, walked up to Jess and said, Ashley, I found your script. Like, looked her dead in her eye and said, Ashley, I found your script. And Jess was just like, thank you. And she walked over to me and said, they gave me my script and handed me to me. I said, no. And she was like, yes. They were really getting us mixed up. It was after months. We looked, we looked nothing alike. It was very, very funny. Um, so, yeah, that was that was interesting. <laughs> oh, my God. Weird. I hate that. No, she has, a, like, to the point of, like, I have straight hair. She has a very short fro. We don't look alike. Yeah. Oh, I just want to, I just have to keep saying It's that. very clear. We do not. Not the same person. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think, so mine is, like, so I'm under NDA, so I can't say names of anything, but I've had the privilege to be working on a television show lately. And it's the first time, I've worked on stuff before, but it's the first time I've ever been this close to big names and talent, and it's a show that's been on for a while, blah, 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 blah. I say this to preface this as, the first day of shooting, we were only doing one episode that day, and the main star vehicle was late. But the problem that is, like, our team, we were all on our shift, so everything we needed to do was done. We needed the talent to show up so they could go into rehearsal so they could film it. But he was not there. He was like three hours late. So it was that awkward moment where all of like PAs, producers, all departments are standing in the lobby just waiting on this person who's like practically his show, basically. Waiting for this person to arrive. And we're all kind of awkwardly staring at each other being like, is there something we can do? There's something we should be doing. There is a lot of money being wasted by all of us standing here. There's nothing we can do. And you can just see everyone's face like antsy and awkwardly being like, I don't know what I should be doing right now. And we literally, we were all just kind of in this waiting period for three hours at three, three hours, hours. And then he shows up That's a lot of money. and he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, hi, super sweet. Unlike his public persona was very, very sweet. And then was like, okay, great, cool. Let's go. And everything like went lightning speed again. But I was just like, I want to be like famous enough or like I can be three hours late. And no one yells at me. And no one cares. And no one yells at me. Like, just everyone, okay, we're good. So let's let's get him in, you know, let's get him in to post. Let's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? Ugh. So we just go not pretend like like thousands of dollars. Thousands. Right. I, we had crew there. They're union. We might be in the billions of dollars just hanging around being wasted for three hours. Yeah, while this guy is just. Everyone's still getting paid. I mean, yes, yes. We do not work for free. No. We do not work for free. No. But yeah. Oh. Um, I don't have anything like too funny, but I do want to point this out. I was in a professional development session the other day. I just started out writing jocks, so we don't have any kids yet till September because also I'm on a DOE schedule. Oh, nice. So kind. Um, but so there's no kids right now, so we're in like new teacher training, and I was working through something, and I I called my um my principal over and I was like hey can I get your advice on this I'm not sure like how to word this we had to like type out some plans some like sample plans and there's new lingo I'm learning and all this stuff anyway so I'm like I don't really know what questions to ask to guide um like to guide the students for the answer I want and she was like okay can you explain the situation the you know the scenario and I'm like well if we're learning about um 
like levels in dance like how to use different levels in a creation of dance how to look for different levels in a dance why is it important to use different levels in a dance high medium low that type of thing the first thing I usually do after I teach them the word and um is well I'll scaffold like oh who could who thinks that they you know with I have younger kids too so who thinks they could tell me like what's a dancer that you would do like really high like high in the sky oh we would jump we would leap whatever right and then I give them time to explore what that feels like Mm -hmm. and we go medium and low right and I was like um so I was like I want them to understand that you know while you're practicing this though you're staying in your personal space and why why that's important so she's asking me about this lesson and she just stops me and she puts her arm on me and she's like Danielle I was like, yes. And she's like, honestly, she's like, I really don't know a lot about dance. But she's like, I feel like every time I talk to you, you teach me something. She's like, the fact that, like, these kids aren't just, like, learning a routine. Like, you're asking them, like, what does it mean to, like, explore a low level? And, like, like how does it feel in your body? She was like, that's, that's like, really cool and really big. Because mm-hmm. she's like, all kids learn differently. And I was like, oh, my God, right. I love you. Like, the fact that the principal acknowledges you don't know shit about what I'm doing, but you still have faith in me. Yeah. I that, don't get this. I respect this. Yeah. That <laughs> was when, I, that was when I knew so far. In, my, in my demo lesson and after we had, like, a post-interview, and when she was just like, I love how you actually care about how they learn and explaining it and letting them explore. I was like, that's when I knew that this would be a good relationship, though, because especially working in the education field, I get a lot of, like, I don't understand what you what you do, so therefore I, I I don't care or I don't think it's correct. Yes. And so to have that, like, I don't understand it, but I respect what you do, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Hopefully it continues. I, right, I was like, hopefully happens. it stays. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed in this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. We want to say a special thank you to Ashley Hart Atoms for joining us thank this week. Thank you, guys. Yes. Uh, give us your social medias again so the people know where to find you. Oh, yes. On Instagram, at Ash Frickin' Adams. That is <laughs> A-S-H Ash Frickin' F-R-I-C-K-N Adams, A-D-A-M-S. Nice. We want to say a special thank you also to our listeners. Our numbers keep growing, and that's all thanks to you. Episodes come out every Tuesday, maybe. <laughs> you can... <laughs> Find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music are perfect places to do that. You can find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Point PYT. You can email us at PYTNYC29 at gmail.com. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher.